Welcome to the Weekend and the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Aisha Blakely and Gary Washburn. This is an exciting episode because obviously it's later in the week for us, but we're also talking about the NBA tra- trade deadline, which has just passed hours, well, a few hours ago. So we're going to react to those trades and the moves that were made. The biggest one, let's just start with the biggest one. Kevin Durant at 1 a.m. on Friday morning was sent to the Phoenix Suns. What was your two reaction? Because I know I was shook. So I want to hear what you guys thought about that. <laughs> the Suns are in the game now. They they are definitely going to be a player when all is said and done as far as who comes out of the West. They have, I think, maybe not necessarily the best big three when you talk about Chris Paul and Devin Booker and now Kevin Durant, but I think they have the best fit for their big three. Chris Paul, the playmaker. Devin Booker, who I think has evolved from being just a guy that goes gets buckets, he can do a lot more things now. And Kevin Durant is just missed to do it all any time, any place, anywhere. Those three guys are going to make it extremely difficult for anyone to come out of the West that is not on the Phoenix Suns roster. I don't think I think it's a good deal for the Suns. I just don't think this makes them like the damn 96 Bulls. Let's relax. People are just, oh, this is. Oh, they're just going to be unbeat. Like, you got 38-year-old Chris Paul, damn near 35-year-old Kevin Durant, a really, obviously, an in-prime Devin Booker, and kind of shaky DeAndre Ayton. Okay, that's a solid four. Okay, I don't know who makes the five, because they didn't trade in Mikael Bridges. If they had Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, I'd say, yeah, but they traded two of their best defenders. So they got to bring figure out who's going to be that that fifth guy and rely on their bench. Damian Lee, Ish Wayne Wright, um, Saban Lee, right? You know, they got T.J. Warren back. They got T.J. Warren yeah, back. T.J. Warren, okay, if he can stay healthy. So, like, I think it makes them better and more intriguing, but definitely more exciting, but not better defensively. So, I think we need to stop the parades in Phoenix and stop, you know trying to get everybody down to Phoenix to, to celebrate because I think that they got a lot of work to do. And then is Durant completely healthy? Is Chris Paul still sharp? Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton, where's his head at? So I think there's a lot of questions in Phoenix. I think it's it's a deal that makes them more significant, but like this whole like, oh, just hand him the Western Conference title. And, you know, I think Jokic's going to have something to say about that. I think there's a lot of teams, Memphis, your boy Jai, Memphis, got something to say about that. So I'm not, I'm not so sure about this. I do think it makes it better, but like losing Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, we just saw uh, spank the Celtics last week. Those are two big losses. So another big trade that we also want to need to talk about because it does actually affect the Eastern Conference is Kyrie Irving going to join Luka Doncic on the Dallas Mavericks. How do you think that trade affects the Western Conference? And, of course, how does that pivot to what we can see playing out in the East? You got it, Gary. Uh, I think it makes, obviously, like this, it makes Dallas more intriguing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The combination of Kyrie Irving, if he's engaged, and then Luka Doncic. So far, so good. Yeah, they wouldn't beat the Clippers last night without Luka. Um, You know, they were playing guys like Theo Pinson. Uh, he got some quality minutes after being kind of a cheerleader for the last year or so. So they, they got to rely on their depth because like uh, the Suns did, you know, they traded Spencer Dinwiddie, a solid player, and then their best defender, 
Dorian Finney-Smith. So, um, you know, Dallas is going to be intriguing. I think better with two kind of two dudes who can score the ball, two dudes capable of 40 or 50 points. Uh, but their defense is going to suffer. They're going to have to rely on guys like, a, you know, Dwight Powell and Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. It's about time he step up and be a frontline player. I, you know, for years we've been waiting for Tim Hardaway Jr. to kind of step up and be that next, you know, that really that guy. He, he couldn't do it with Luka and be a number two guy. Maybe he could be the number three guy. Yeah, I mean, D- Dallas is definitely better, but, you know, th- they're – they're just too ISO-dependent to be taken seriously as a title contender. I mean, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic both ranking like the top three, top four players in the NBA when it comes to getting points in isolation situations. And we all know that when you get to the playoffs, that ISO ball doesn't really work as well as it did in the regular season. I think Dallas is going to win more games. They're going to scare a team or two in, in the playoffs. But ultimately, this team is not built to win a championship, even with the addition of a Kyrie Irving. So now, now that all that being said, how do you two think? Because at this point, the Nets were still considered one of the bigger rivals for the Celtics. When you think about how they'll come out of the East, if they will. So who do you think now is the biggest threat to the Celtics on the East? Milwaukee. I think that the Bucs, uh, because one of the guys that they're going to get, I believe they're going to uh, have Jay Crowder on their roster. And when you look at Giannis, who is just, he's Giannis. Chris Middleton, Holiday, that's the team that the Celtics are going to ultimately have to go through in some way or shape or form to get to the finals. And it won't be easy. Uh, That team still feels that they were a Chris Middleton away from beating Boston last year. And he's more likely than not to be ready to roll come playoff time and they'll have all their guys. And the Celtics obviously made some additions as well. So they'll be better equipped to play the Bucs when it gets to that point. But that's the team I believe is the greatest threat to them because, you know, there were some folks who started thinking, well, maybe Philly could be that team, but the Celtics just spanked them with four, yeah, different, three starters out. And then a four starter who played half a game mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and the Celtics best player, Jason Tatum did not have a great game. So Philly, I'm not really feeling them. <laughs> Gary, who are you feeling? <laughs> the Philly, the Philly and feeling is come on, Sarai. You, you better than that, man. Um, that's the guy with the Quinnipiac, but that's another story. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I spoke at their school and gave me a nice sweater. So uh, I'm, I'm, rep- I'm repping the Bobcats today. So I, I think it's still Milwaukee. Um, obviously, coming up in a couple of days, uh, the Celtics at Milwaukee. So um, we'll stuff. see how that goes. Yeah, fun stuff right before the All Star break. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens with the other teams. Uh, Philadelphia, I think, has something to say. I, I like the, their pickup of Jalen McDaniels. They gave up Matisse Thibel, who just never fit under Doc Rivers, unfortunately. I thought he was a really good piece, a, a guy who probably could have been a Celtic in the draft um, over a guy like Carson Edwards. But uh, I like Jalen McDaniels. I think he's going to bring something to them. But I need to see more from Philly because I just didn't see it last night. I mean, I, I felt like they had every reason to beat up the Celtics, to send a message, and they just played like they were asleep most of the game. I mean, you know, Embiid was good. James Harden, but no, you know, Tobias Harris, once again, I mean, I'm really waiting for this guy. Like, I, I watch this guy, 6'9", all the, you know, three-guard skills, can shoot the three, and he, I mean, he just had a couple of open threes last night that weren't even close. It's a, four points in 32 minutes, so I need to see from what, I'm, I'm, I agree 
with Sharon. I ain't, I ain't on the, the Philly side right now. Milwaukee, and then I think there's going to be probably a, a, another team that steps up. Miami didn't make any moves. We'll see about the trade deadline, sort of uh, buyout market for Miami. Uh, you know, and then we'll see, like, I expect Brooklyn to probably drop, and you got, like, the Knicks and uh, a couple other teams. But I think it's just the Celtics and Milwaukee right now. Jay Crowder, I think, is going to bring something. Obviously, a Marquette guy coming back to where he played college ball. Been, you know, chomping at the bit, I'm sure, to get back on the floor. Um, and a, a guy who likes to play in tough environments. So I think that's a good pickup for the Bucks. But I don't trust the Bucks as much either. I just think they just not – they don't have that, like – you know, they're winning a lot of games, but I just don't see that what I saw a couple of years ago, you know. So I, I think I need to see more, but I think the Celtics are still the favorites. So now let's talk about the Celtics, because, of course, this is what this podcast focuses on. They made a trade with OKC. They receive Mike Muscala. And in return, they're sending Justin Jackson, which it seems as though that pick is now being useful and two future second round picks as well. So. What did you two make of <laughs> that trade going down? Wow, Mike Muscala. Um, Muscala. He, he's, I mean, he, he's a, I think he's a slight upgrade over Luke Cornett. Not by much, but a slight okay. upgrade. The I don't thing know if that's a compliment Mike, or not, but let's hear more. Well, the thing, I think that's what they were looking for. I mean, that that's why they made this deal to get someone that's a little bit better than than Luke, because Luke has, I think, been a, done a good job, but Mike is a better player. My, the big difference to me between the two, Mike is a little bit better at defense around the rim. Uh, this is a guy that when he was in college at, at Bucknell, he was a defensive player of the year in that conference. Uh, now, is he locking anybody up? No, that's not happening. But he at least has, I think, a little bit more physicality to his game down there. And he's a 37, 38% three-point shooter. That's my big criticism against Luke at this point is that he'll look at, he'll, he'll pass up way too many shots that a, that a guy in his position at his size uh, shouldn't. And I get he's not trying to disrupt the flow of the offense. I get that. But guess what? Blake Griffin is Mr. In case of an emergency. And guess what he did when he got on the floor? He's raising up because they're, they're showing absolute total disrespect for him. Uh, Mike is not going to have to be told that he needs to shoot more. Uh, if he gets open, he's going to take it. And they need a guy that plays with a little bit more, I think, confidence in, in his game. Uh, and that in case of an emergency type of role, which he'll be in. So it's a good pickup. and. It, it, Look what you gave up. You gave up picks that probably weren't going to pan out and a guy that was literally the last guy on your bench. So, yeah, I think it, it, it gives him a little bit more depth and, and at a position where they think they absolutely need to be a little deeper. Yeah, I like to pick up. The thing I think that the Celtics can do with Moscow is play him at the four. Um, so you could probably play him and Cornette um, together at times. And I think... Uh, Mascala has been more of a perimeter player in the last few years of his career, a guy who could just, you know, that he's kind of like a poor man's Danilo Gallinari. You know, I wouldn't compare them. Gallinari's more productive, but Mascala is a guy who, when he can get hot, he can stretch the floor, and you're going to have to uh, have someone, you know, you know, responsible for him out in the perimeter so he can stretch the floor a little bit better. So I think Mascala's a guy who can play more at the four. I don't think he's going to be out there with Embiid trying to hold down Joel and B. I think he's a guy that you could kind of mix and match a little bit and just add to the versatility. Who knows how many minutes he's going to get? And it just sounded like, you know, Sam Presti and Brad Stevens are having made deals in, in the past. And Muscala trying to get him a place where he can try to win a championship. He's been in the league about 10-plus years now. He's been around. 
played for the Hawks, and I played for the Thunder. Uh, obviously, played that night that LeBron Brooks scoring record. So uh, this is a guy who could who could help them. And all you want at this point, you you weren't going to get Kevin Durant, or at least you know unless you gave up a lot, or some really you know starter all star caliber player. You want a guy who's going to help you win a couple of ball games. You want a guy who can make it life easier for Jason and Jalen. Guys who can uh, put some buckets in the in the hoop, who can give them uh, Jason and Jalen a chance to rest in the fourth quarter and just make it easy on you down the stretch. And then you know we'll see what kind of a uh, role this guy like, etches in the playoffs. And I think Justin Jackson, a nice kid, you know, a guy who you know hasn't quite found his footing in the NBA. He's bounced around a lot. And I don't think that's much of a sacrifice at all. He'll he'll probably you know try to get a job in you know because I think oh, the Thunder aren't going to keep him. He'll maybe try to catch on somewhere ten day or maybe uh, go back to the G League and, and, and try to uh, get back to the NBA through that. So uh, not much of a sacrifice there. And I think the good thing we talk about they held on to Peyton Pritchard. Everybody was thinking that Peyton might be on his way out. Grant Williams could be on his way out, but they end. kept guys. And, you know, for Peyton, I think he's got to have that attitude. Listen, I'm trying to win a championship. I'm trying to have my name immortalized in Boston as a, being in a championship team. We still, you know, give guys kudos like Gabe Pruitt and Leon Poe and guys that had, you know, smaller roles on that 08 team. They still get standing ovations when they come out go to the game. So Peyton has to look at it like that. He has to look at it big picture. Listen, I, I'm going to lock in this year. And I think he understands. Maybe his future is probably somewhere else. Um, you know, but he's making plays. He made some good plays last night. You know, Joe, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know why Joe doesn't play him much, uh, as much as he could. He didn't play much in Detroit at all. Then he comes into the third quarter, I think, and then kind of got a key offense, a defensive rebound. Uh, I was an offensive rebound and, and uh, picked up hard in full court. Just, you know, that energy. That's what they're going to need. His place probably is somewhere else to play like major minutes, but I think he's got to look at it. And the Southern's like, listen, man, just put it out, go on, call in, whatever you do here, and we'll get you somewhere next year and make sure that you get the, the, the minutes that you want. Celtics, let's go back to them really quickly. What do you think? You kind of touched upon what you think this, um, the, tr- the acquisition make will, will add to the Celtics roster, but Gary, throughout this, season you've talked about how the Celtics need a dog someone that's a fighter for this team obviously Muscala might not be just that but how do you think he can do you think he can fit it in a way that will help put them over the edge yeah I mean as Sherrod said there's a guy who's had an accomplished career in terms of college one of the top players that ever come out of Bucknell guy's a draft pick you know and I think he'll he'll blend in with the with the team concept. I think he wants to win. I think he understands the situation. I think he's one of those guys that, if you're, unless you're a real serious NBA fan, you don't know a lot about this guy. You know, he doesn't play a lot of big-time playoff games. He's kind of bounced around, but he found his footing in Oklahoma City and kind of turned himself uh, from a post guy in his early career, like a, a legit five, to more like a swing, a stretch four, uh, and later is his career. So I think he'll fit in with the team concept. You know, I, Brad is going to bring good guys into the team fold. He is not going to bring a potential cancer. He's not going to bring a guy who's going to be complaining about a lot. I need more minutes. You know, I think he's been burned by a couple of guys in previous years, like the Tristan Thompson guys who came in and, you know, tried to run the joint and, 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 and maybe 
uh, have a negative influence on some of the other guys. That ain't going to happen this time. Uh, and I think Mike Muscala, I think he's the last person that, that would not want to fit into the team concept, obviously with a chance to win the championship. Just looking ahead, the Celtics are now going to play Charlotte on Friday, which you're probably listening right now on Friday, Memphis on Sunday, which will be also Super Bowl Sunday, of course, but also the game where they recognize Bill Russell and kind of just give him all the flowers that thankfully he was able to get while he was alive, but continue the memory of what he's done, not only for Boston, but for basketball overall. Of course, Milwaukee, we talked about that game on Tuesday. That'll be a very interesting one to see how those now traded teams look like. And then of course, Detroit is the most important game. Why is that important, Kwani? <laughs> because that is my birthday, my 30th birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> also, shout out to Gary, who was too busy for us, so he had to quickly bounce. But, of course, we got some of his knowledge at the beginning of this podcast. But it's been a good episode. I think we got through the important trades, the ones that mean a lot to the Celtics fans. Until next week, I'm Kwani Lewis for Gary Washburn and, of course, Gerard Blakely. This is the A-List Podcast. We'll be back next week.